Moments of Hope, Part 1 John was the first COVID-19 patient I spoke with over the phone at Norton Women's and Children's Hospital, where I am a chaplain. According to my patient list, John was 33, Hispanic. It was March 2020. He had been in our hospital two days. That spring, as the deadly virus was first diagnosed in Kentucky, we chaplains were encouraged to comfort patients by phone, to conserve protective equipment, and reduce the risk of infection. It was difficult not being able to see them. How are you? I asked. Better, John said. His labored breathing indicated otherwise. He sounded as if he was suffocating, every breath a battle. He said he had no family nearby. I'd be happy to pray with you, I said. I don't believe. A long pause. I tried to complete his thought. You don't believe in God? With his last ounce of strength, he gasped. I will recover. I wasn't sure what he meant, but it felt wrong to keep him on the phone any longer. I promised to call him the next day. He thanked me. By evening, he was dead. My first COVID-related death. We were both Hispanic, soon to be defined as a high-risk demographic. He could have been me, I thought. A novel virus, COVID-19, had arrived on American shores in January. For weeks, I'd lived with the hope that the virus would be contained before it reached Kentucky. I hadn't let myself consider any other scenario. Reality shook me to my core. COVID has arrived, and now we walk through a dark valley, and I am very much afraid, I wrote in my journal. As part of my job as a hospital chaplain, a position I've served in for 14 years, is to help calm the anxieties of the patients I administer to. I understand the fear that comes with facing a medical trauma. As a teenager, I survived a brain tumor. I saw how God worked through the love of others. As a chaplain, I got to pay that love forward. But COVID felt different. It was hard to be hopeful, hard to know if I was helping. Until I've turned my focus to the people around me, looking outward instead of inward, I began noticing acts of compassion. And the more I looked, the more I found, a practice I continue this day. Compassion is everywhere, as contagious as any virus. One of the first times this struck me was early in the pandemic, during a cold blue. I saw Deb, a pharmacist nine months pregnant, literally running from our COVID unit to the ICU and back. Even in the urgency of the moment, Deb's selflessness seemed remarkable. Everyone would have understood if she hadn't. Yet, it was a lesson 
that would stay with me throughout the hard months to follow. Compassion demands courage. It takes great courage not to turn away from those in such desperate need, to put yourself at risk for the good of others. Later, I asked Deb about it. If you are not willing to long for someone who is dying, when will you ever do it? She told me. We have husbands and wives and mothers and daughters dying of COVID in the hospital. If I learn fast enough, maybe we can save at least one of them. After our conversation, I remembered a Jewish proverb. Before every person, there marches an angel proclaiming, Behold, the image of God. During the code, I beheld the image of God, and it was lovely. That moment stayed with me. It's been said that when we watch a film together, none of us sees the same film. The same is true for traumatic events. We all experienced the pandemic together, but felt it differently. Some grieved, some raged, some took action, some retreated into denial. At times, I tried to escape. But everywhere I ran led me right back to COVID. The virus was all-consuming, relentless. So often, I wanted to flee, to spend time with my wife and my pets, away from the pain, the sorrow, the anguish I dealt with daily at work. My home was quiet and less anxious than anywhere else. At one point, my wife and I discussed living in separate quarters for safety. But the thought of doing so was infinitely more stressful than going through this together, whatever the outcome. So we limited our time together, and I had a ritual of throwing my clothes in the washer as soon as I entered the house. I mostly stayed downstairs, and she mostly stayed upstairs. It was simple yet proved effective. Even at home, people were contacting me late at night to share their anxiety. I often didn't know what to say. I admitted to a friend once, I have nothing to offer you. I have only tears. I felt as if I'd failed her, but those words gave her comfort. They reminded her she wasn't the only one struggling with the pandemic. Similarly, that April, a chaplain friend told me, I don't feel safe anywhere because I don't think anyone knows what safe is. Her vulnerability filled me with compassion. I reminded her and myself, COVID is strong, but we are stronger. I wasn't sure if I totally believed it, but I wanted to believe that strength, like faith, comes not from what we can see with our eyes, but what we feel in our hearts 